Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of The Driven Few with Al Hammett, where we align with those driven individuals to really get under the hood, to learn as to how they get it all done with family and business. I am your host, Al Hammett, and I am blessed to be able to work with those driven, high-performance individuals, coaching them how to dive in, get it all done, and not only get it all done, but excel as a leader in their business, businesses, in their family, and in their faith. This week, and hey man, this one's just going to take a minute because this dude is my brother. I got a whole rap sheet on on how to introduce this guy. I mean, I got notes. So I say that to say this week I have the honor and I am blessed and I'm not even going to cry. Look at man, the tears coming out already. I am blessed and honored to have aligned with this man sitting right in front of me. This man is a 10-year NFL vet, Super Bowl champion two-time muscle and fitness cover model, multiple seven-figure business owner, dedicated father to six children, Hall of Fame-loving husband of well over a decade, Mm. one of my absolute favorite people on this earth, one of my best friends, Steve Weatherford. Steve, welcome to the podcast, brother. Man, I love you, brother. It's such an honor to just share the stage with you, man. Share this microphone with you, and we're we're actually going live and in, in my Instagram and and my Facebook page right now. And the reason I'm doing that, Al, is because I just believe so much in the person that you are, the mission that you're on, and really your heart to serve <laughs> men, women, and their families, their business, and the walk that they're on. Because for so many of us, and you and I were definitely in that boat, man. We we felt that we were we were only singular athletes. And when I say athletes, I mean we only thought that we could pick one event, you know, kind of like a decathlon. Um, that's that's a that's a very rare athlete that can step into the arena with 10 different events and perform well in all of them. And and it was something that I honestly I discounted myself from being able to have the ability to do in the game of life. I actually was a decathlete in college, but I discounted myself that that I could win in business and win in physical fitness and then also win at home with my wife and win at home with my children. And so uh, to be able to align with you, man, and just just for everybody that's listening right now, if you're wondering what align really means, it's finding people who value what you value and then deciding to run the race with them. And that's what Al and I have done and you've just been such a confirmation for me and God's calling on my life and what I'm meant to do and what my giftings are and how I develop them and deploy them. And a lot of people don't know, and I guess we could kind of kind of get right into this is, man, I was my very first person that said yes to me to run the race and allow me to step into the arena of his life. And he was bold enough and courageous enough with me to really keep it real. And that's one of the things that I want every single person that's listening to this podcast or listening on any type of live platform to know that Al is as real as it gets. You know, he wants excellence in his life, but he's not willing to exchange uh, his integrity for the opinions of other people. So I love you, man. I'm so honored to be here with you. Man, I received that, brother. I, I'd be honored to receive that, man. I have a lot of acquaintances in my life by the grace of God. I have even fewer friends that cross that threshold, but I have even fewer brothers. And when, when I when someone crosses a threshold and I look at them and I tell them, Hey man, you're a brother to me, regardless of situation or circumstance, there's no going back, man. And I've told you that since day one, you're a brother to me, man. And I love you for it, bro. Thank you, man. So I really kind of want to get under the hood, man. And then, mm-hmm. and get into the weeds and give some folks some access into, you know, you, 
and a high performance dude like yourself and talk about, you know, kind of where you've been, share your story and how those experiences have really helped you cast vision in your, in your business. Like we talk about your, your family and, and certainly yourself, you know, so to keep this clear and concise, you know, so a couple of three things that we're going to talk about today, guys, are alignment and, and specifically alignment and the intentionality with that alignment into relationships. You know, and one of the things that Steve is, is very, very good at is understanding how sown seeds reap rewards and how the actually taught me to go from a result driven ROI guy to relationship driven and, and not be afraid that sowing into those relationships isn't going to come at the cost of business or the results that we're looking for. The second piece is casting vision. And when we talk about casting vision, what does that mean? So vision that, again, one of the things that you do a great job at is really taking time to understand where do you want to be? And when you know where you want to be, you can reverse engineer quantifiable steps, goals, or metrics to be able to ensure that you you bring that to fruition. And that is how you live your life by design, not default. You know, and the third piece that I want to talk about is championship language. And again, I shared a little bit about that earlier on uh, Instagram Live, but I'll talk about it here again real quick. You know, again, something that I took from you, something I know that, that you hold near and dear to your heart with Ace, but this is something where I learned the hard way. Because my language in my head, like most of us proverbial alpha males, wasn't always the best. It wasn't always, hey, man, you're good. You're a superhero. And quite candidly, it, it was almost the opposite of that. And and now uh, I've learned to be able to, to speak into that, and not only with myself, but with my kids. You know, So as an example of that, one of the things that I do is anytime before I leave the door or my kids leave the door, you know, I will ask them or I will tell them, do the best that you can do. I don't care about the result. I want it to be the best that you can do. Be a good listener. There's a lot of people here, but not a lot of people listen. You know, and then the third piece is be a, and I wait. And I allow them to speak into existence what's on their heart. And by the grace of God, every single time, the word is leader. So now they're speaking into existence on how to be a leader. So, you know, that's something that's, that's near and dear to my heart, man, just, haven't gotten to know you on a very deep, intimate level. Um, this is something you've you've proven time and time again to be ninja level at. So, I guess my first question is: is man, let's dive into that. Take me back to your NFL career as both a father and a husband. You know, how did you juggle that? What were your like? What was your agenda? How did you really become the relationship king that you are now? Mm, that's good, man. Thank you for everything that you shared. And it's one of the like the greatest joys for me watching you do life and grow as a leader and grow as a man is to see you literally not trying to install legacy DNA into your kids, but you're literally training yourself. And then when it starts to to, to reap a harvest in, in yourself, then you're, you're sowing into your children. And that's what I'm hearing you say when you're talking about championship language. We'll get to the NFL stuff here just in a minute, but I just wanted to speak to that because I challenged Al uh, about two months ago, it's actually probably three months ago, but it took it took some conversations and it took Al really trying, not trying, but but practicing painting the picture of like what that would look like in his life to share on social media. You know, he was already doing the reps with his family, but he was like, man, I don't want to come across as a douchebag and, you know, super preachy or anything. But just to see 
what's happened in his life and how people have been magnetically attracted to what he's sharing has been such a confirmation, I believe, for you. You know, and a perfect example, if you guys follow Al on social media, the video that he put up of uh, parasailing with his daughter, Sophia, and like, dude, I got emotional watching it because it was literally, you could hear her on, speak championship language in probably one of the scariest moments of her life. But that just goes to show you, like, if if you and I as fathers and leaders, and I'm speaking to everybody when I say this, if we really want to make an impact on other people, we have to make an impact on ourselves. And it's easy to go read books. It's, there's so much content out there on YouTube of you know, the seven things to do to build your confidence and build confidence in your kids. But until we're the type of leaders that will receive that seed in ourselves and allow and nurture that daily, because we're going to suck at it at first, but to nurture that daily yeah. and then to be able to sow those seeds into other people, that to me is the difference between a theoretical leader and a transformational leader. Yeah. Theoretical leaders know what to say. I've seen so many, and I'm not taking shots at anybody, but I've seen so many speakers who know the words to say in order to get people to take action and, and make change. But if you really, really want to transform people's lives, you have to allow that content and that seed to be able to make change in you because you might shift the mm. way somebody thinks, but the, the disappointing part is if, if they see you a, a week or a month after they have created change in their self and they see that you're incongruent to the advice that you were giving them, they're not they're they're instantly going to throw up their hands and be like, well, the guy that taught it to me is not even doing it in his life. So that's not a challenge for people to be perfect. That is a that is a challenge to people to allow the things that they learn to take place and take root in their own life. And, and you've just done such an incredible job of that. I received that coach. And before, also before we get to the NFL, I would love to share with everybody how Al and I met. It was the very first business, personal development, I guess we would call it mastermind that I ever did. And it was in Orlando, Florida. And I was scared to death because... I played the NFL for 10 years and achieved excellence in, in that area. I achieved excellence in physical fitness and, and developing my body and, you know, being named the fittest man in the NFL twice by muscle and fitness and my peers in the NFL. Then I went into media and I, you know, I had some success there, but because of all that success, I, I had this God sized hole inside of my heart. And I truly believe that it was because mm -hmm. all of those different things were serving myself. And, and the way that God created us to live was to, to live in relationship and to live in alignment. And so this is the first time I really stepped outside of what I was comfortable with, you know, with my competencies and my capabilities. I knew I could punt a football a mile. I knew I could bench press, you know, 380 pounds. I knew I could squat a ton of weight. I knew that I could develop my body, but could I lead other men in making the, the changes and the shift that I've mm. made in my life? And so I, I created this event had never met Al before. And I'll never forget this, this muscle bound dude from the Midwest walking in. I'm like, it's kind of like, you know, you go to the zoo and you see another, another jungle creature that is on your same level. I'm like, okay, all right. Well, this guy definitely from a, you know, from a visual standpoint, this dude has what it takes. And so instantly he had my respect. And I remember, um, and I was so nervous driving into that event. And I remember just gripping the wheel in this little rental car that I had and just praying out loud to God, God, if this is what I'm supposed to do, please just give me a confirmation. 
And hmm. I remember parking my car and, you know, carrying up the bottles of water that we we're going to give to everybody and you know, setting everything up. And, and then the event started and I remember opening it up in prayer and just, just begging Holy spirit to move in the space. And then I remember saying out loud, I know that I'm not enough to be able to, to make shift to make shifts mm. in these men's lives, to make shifts in the in the way that they think, to make shifts in the in the way that they prioritize what is most important to them. But if you'll just fill this space, Holy Spirit, and you'll if you'll just move among us, I know, I know that change and transformation can happen. And I remember it wasn't maybe 90 minutes into the event, and we went into breakout sessions, and Al came right up to me. He's like, dude, whatever I gotta do, man. I'll go all in. I'll, I'll move to California. And I was just, I remember being so taken back by his just willingness to, to want to be better and to achieve excellence. And I believe it was because of so many of the, the conversations that we had in that first 90 minutes. And it was really, it was my testimony. It was me talking about, you know, how I didn't love the person that I was. I, I thought the things that I had achieved were cool, but I didn't love the person that I was and how I started to systematically encounter the different enemies in my life. And a lot of those were self-limiting beliefs. Some of them were generational curses. Some of them were addictions and how systematically I had encountered those different places in my life with, with alignments. So with mighty men in my life that would allow me and, and help me to walk through pornography addiction or to walk through pill addiction or to walk through all of these different things that that caused so much shame and so much guilt in my life. And they also, the, the, the reason was they were disqualifying me from stepping into leadership. And so sharing that, I believe that, that so much, so many of those stories and that testimony connected with Al. And I knew like right then I was like, man, this dude really, really wants it. I don't know much about him. He passes the visual test, but man, I just, the thing that I admired most about Al was his heart, man. he, he didn't come there to impress anybody. He didn't come there for any other reason but achieving his best self. And so much of what he shared with me that were the desires of his heart was to be a, a father that he was really, really proud of. He was a good father, but he knew that he had the capability to, to be so much better. He knew that he was a good husband, but he knew that he had the capability to be so much better. And I remember one of the things that you said that was the ultimate desire of your heart for your marriage was... And he said the word electricity. He said, I want to reestablish the electricity that I had with Rachel. And that to me, like that touched my heart because that was my main motivator. You know, if you if you guys don't know, Alice, you know, he has generated uh, a lot of money as a custom luxury home builder in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And much like me in my NFL career and in my entrepreneurial career, I had won a lot in those areas as well, but it didn't fulfill me and it didn't change or shift the opinion that I had of myself. And I believe that it was a divine appointment. And the and the way that we were able to get to that divine appointment was a podcast that I recorded with Ed Milet that Al Hamid heard. And, and that was one of the things he mentioned to me is like, hey, man, the reason that I'm here today is because the truth that you spoke on the Ed Milet podcast and nearly every single thing that you shared with me, like hit me right in between the eyes. And um, man, I just, I just want to thank you for making that podcast. And so it allowed me to really connect with Al on a really intimate level because I knew what he wanted. And I also knew some of the things that he struggled with. Now, some of his adversities were different than my adversities, but the way that those adversities and addictions and self-limiting beliefs and generational curses and mindsets made him feel were exactly the way that it made me feel. So Al really didn't necessarily connect with my story. 
He connected with the pain that I was walking through, and he believed that flying from Fort Wayne, Indiana, to come to come in a mastermind room with some dude that he had never met, he had a belief that it could could create a shift in his life. And uh, I'm just so thankful that you had enough boldness and enough courage to show up in a room to learn from a dude that didn't have a college degree. He didn't have coaching or leadership certifications. But I believe you saw a guy that was after excellence in every single area of his life. And when I say every single area, I'm talking about mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, and financially. And of a lot of those, we like to call them five power pillars. Of those five power pillars, Al and I were really good at two or three of them. Like mentally, we were so freaking tough. We were so sharp. We were so disciplined. We were so consistent financially. We were both killing the game. We were both seven-figure earners. So it wasn't like we were like hurting for money, but those capabilities and those prowesses that we had were actually the thing that was robbing from our emotional pillar. They were robbing from our emotional pillar, our financial pillar, and our spiritual pillar. And and when him and I came together, it was the confirmation that I was looking for and I was praying for. I said, God, if I'm supposed to be doing this, like, give me a sign. And a lot of times when we pray for a sign, we're, we're thinking that God's going to like open up heaven and there's going to be a burning bush or something like that. But I truly believe that God delivers miracles and signs and wonders to us through relationships. And Al, I just wanted to make sure that I honored you and I mentioned, and I know I've said it to you before, but I, I, I thought it to be very important that I mention it today on this podcast and on these different Instagram live platforms that you were the confirmation and the sign from God that I was looking for. And not just in that moment, but in that moment, you and I started a journey and we started to run a race that I believe has changed all of our tomorrows. And every single time that you and I come back together on our weekly coaching call, we're just reaching our next level and all of these five power pillars. So I love you, man. I consider it one of my one of my greatest life honors to be able to serve you and to be able to watch you and encourage you just continue to create excellence in every single area of your life. And it's not just for the benefit of you, man. You truly, truly have a heart for for the sons and daughters of God, man. And uh, I love you, cuz. Bro, stop trying to make me cry, man, on like national stuff. <laughs> hey, listen, you know what? Some of the most powerful things you'll ever do are, are not with your words, man. It's your ability to just let people see how God created you. And that's one of the things I love about Al is he's one of the only dudes that I've ever met who is as sensitive and emotional as I am. And I believe that's one of the reasons that you and I connect is because you know, I feel like when when you and I are together, we're we're not necessarily worried about like, oh, I hope this dude doesn't judge me for crying because just about every single time you and I get you and I get together, there's something that that elicits some type of emotion from us, and I believe that's powerful because of physically the way that you're built. You know, people like you don't cry, and I believe when when men and women see somebody like you cry, I believe it gives them permission to access the emotions that God has given us that I believe growing up in the Midwest, like you and I did and having hardcore, tough parents that didn't cry. And they didn't say, Oh, Al, I'm so proud of you. You're such a good boy. Our parents didn't say that to us. And so we figured like, well, that's the type of dad that I need to be. And then we grow up into a dad that is very similar to the one that we had. And we noticed that there's gaps in that. And that's not taking a shot at your dad or my dad, but we realize that what our dad gave us, we have the ability 
through alignments and mentorships to up level and to upgrade what was given to us. And I believe that's, you know, that's our calling. Man, the first I received that, I mean, now you, now you guys can see, not only see or hear, but you can feel why I'm, yeah. I am so aligned with this man. I mean, and, and there's so many things that I wrote down here, man. I wrote down scars. So when I say scars, you know, growing up, Steve's originally from Indiana, uh, as, as am I. Growing up, you know, I, I, my dad, by the grace of God, led with his heart. But he was conditioned, like most of our dads, yeah. to be able to, exactly what you said, man. And, and it's not, hey, do, do better. I'm, I, you know, he, he told me I was pr- he was proud of me in his own way the best that he could. But, it, you know, when right. you talk about coaching or counseling or mentorship, uh, there was there was none of that. I mean, first of all, bro, do more push-ups, sack up. Like, what do, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean mentorship? Like, what is that all about? So, I was in a position to your point, man, where I had learned how to make the kind of money that I wanted to make by the grace of God. But I also learned <clears throat> cortisol issues, stage two adrenal fatigue, issues with uh, you know I don't want to say issues with Rachel, man, but I was allowing good to be the robber of my great. And I say that to say, like, I don't want to be good in my relationship with my wife. I don't want to be good in my relationship with my children. And I certainly don't want to be good in my relationship with God. So I had to figure out how do I still maintain this metric or these metrics of uh, affording me the amount of zeros that I want to have in my life, but at the same time be able to live in the world of and where I can still have that and a relationship that I want with my wife and a relationship with my with my kids and the relationship I want with God. And I remember, man, you talk about that podcast with Ed Milet. I remember sitting in the truck of my office parking lot for every bit of an hour, bawling hysterically. And I mean bawling hysterically, like the ugly kind of... <laughs> Like, come on, dude, get a hold of yourself, <laughs> kind of bawling, like, and just thinking, this man is talking to me and about me. And I was put in a position where I felt like, hey, I got to reach out. And that's where I reached out. And you talked about that event. And I remember going down to that event, dude, and everyone else I felt like was there to talk about business. You know, how do they sharpen their saw on the next level? And I remember coming around the table and you asked me, and I was like, F it. Like I'm, I'm taking my shield down. I'm taking my mask off. I don't know anybody here and I'm not here to, to think about what they think about me or what they care about me. And I remember taking my arms like this and just, I want to talk about my legacies. And like, yeah. I felt that you resonated with that, man. And I say the word scars because I needed someone in my life like you. And this is no disrespect to those of you that have walked a perfect path, the proverbial perfect path. Or, or, you know, you've never gotten in trouble or you've never let someone down or you that straight A student, that nine to five, tuck your shirt in, drive your car 10 o'clock to two o'clock. Like, that's just not me. I needed someone that had gone through the grind that had the scars to be able to say, yo, bro, I got you. I did the same shit. And then this is how we do that. So uh, second piece I wrote down, man, and you actually said it, the word permission, bro, you all the ultimate giver of permission. And I say that to say as the proverbial alpha male that I've always thought myself, I never really asked for permission other than God, but I never really asked for it. You gave it to me by sowing into me and teaching me how to sow into other men. 
subconsciously and consciously allowing them to go after their heart's desires, not what the world thinks that you should do or what you've been conditioned your whole life to do, but to go after that, man. So that is something that I I will never, ever, ever let go of. You you taught me how to do that, man. And I I love and respect and appreciate you for that, brother. Thank you, man. And I received that. One of the things I would like to to mention is, you know, you said the word conditioned in regards to your dad and, you know, how he, he conditioned you to be a certain type of way. And, and more than likely, there probably wasn't an intention or a strategy to condition you that way. He was just being what his dad was for him. And one of the things I've watched you do, you know, and, and, and giving you some tactics also to do, and, and you've been bold and, and consistent in a reconditioning of your kids. And that requires you to have an intention and a strategy in order to recondition, because it doesn't matter what we're doing. Every single time that you meet somebody, every single time that you speak to somebody or don't speak to somebody, you're conditioning them to how that relationship will be. And, and I'm really just urging people, encouraging people, challenging people right now, if you're hearing our voice right now, to start to recondition all of the areas that matter most to you. But in order for you to do any type of reconditioning, you have to have an intention to do that. You have to want to do that. There has to be a desire in your heart to do that, but you also have to get a strategy in order to do that. And I just wanna share with everybody one of the ways that I'm intentionally and strategically reconditioning my son, my son's 13 years old, because I lived a certain type of way up until he was almost 10 years old he had been conditioned. He had been conditioned to don't bring problems to your dad unless you can solve them because your dad's going to tell you you're weak and you just need to work harder. I had conditioned my son in so many different areas of life that instead of coming to me, he had been conditioned to go to his mom or to keep it to himself. Um, and that was the way that, that my dad had raised me. And it wasn't my dad's fault. That was the example that he had. But I wanted to recondition that. I wanted my son to feel like man, if I'm struggling with something in my spirit or I'm struggling with something at school or if I'm struggling with anything, I'm going to bring it to my daddy. You know, the same way that when God created us and we talk about having a heavenly father, a heavenly father is, it's religion is like, you know, when your, your dad may have got you a new car out and most of us wrecked our first car. An example and the difference between have a relationship with your father and having a religion is when you wreck your car, the last thing I wanted to do was call my dad because I knew that he was going to kick my butt. He was going to ask me, what were the mistakes that you made? Will you see where you made a mistake? You know, don't do this again. And I would be chastised because that's how his dad fathered him. But with our heavenly father, he wants us to have a relationship with him that when we make mistakes or when we have something we're struggling with in our spirit, he wants us to bring everything to him, the big, the small, the bad, the ugly, the shameful, the guilty, all of it. And, and that's, that's what I want to represent. And I'll fail in this, but my intention is to be the type of father to my son that my heavenly father has become to me. And so my intention and strategy is the way that I wake my son up every single morning is I walk into his, his, his room quietly. And I, I did it this morning. I do it every morning is I put my hand on his chest really, really gently. And I really just want to just, hey, Ace, wake up, champion. 
we have work to do and we have gifts to develop. And the reason that I choose very intentionally and strategic those exact words is when he wakes up many, many years from now, when he's at college or he's in the pros or he has his own family, I want to be so consistent and so intentional with the way that I wake my son up. So the first thing that he thinks is, I'm a champion. I'm a champion and I have gifts. I have gifts, but they're going to require they're going to require development of those gifts and and challenging him. So it's not like, hey, wake up. We got work to do. Come on, let's go to the gym. No, it's like, hey, you're a champion. You have gifts inside of you. You have something inside of you that nobody else on this planet has. There's 7 billion people and you have a uniqueness to you that nobody else has because my son has dyslexia. He's got ADD. He's got struggles just like I do. And for everybody listening, if you don't know my story, I have extreme ADHD. You've probably noticed that by now, but that's just one of the tactical ways that I'm reconditioning my son to have an opinion and, and an identity of himself that is separate from his father, because his father has done a lot of you know great things and Super Bowls and this and that and the other. I want my son to have a identity separate from me. And in order for me to, to help him do that, there requires, and that's the intention, right? But in, in order for that to be achieved, there must be a strategy with which that is going to be achieved. There's an intention, there's a strategy. And then one of the ways that Alice is so, so gifted and he's developed himself this way is he's consistent. And that's what kids will respond to. They're not going to respond to what you say. They're going to respond to what you do. And Al's done an incredible job of that. And if I can shift gears, Al, to a verse that I would love to, a scripture from the Bible I'd like to share is, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's in Hebrews. And, and what that means to me is this world, Instagram, the media, people at school, they're going to do their best to conform you to how they want you to be, how they want you to think, and what they want you to say. And what I'm believing with this this intention and this strategy of reconditioning my son's mind, I want the first thought that he thinks every single morning is, I am a champion. I have gifts, but it will require me to step in the arena and to develop those gifts. Because when I'm an adult, I will be able to deploy these gifts, these skills, and, and I will be able to make an impact on people around me. And if I could circle back out to what you said when we were moving around the room, at the event that I put together in Orlando, Florida, and Al kind of put his hands out like this, that is the universal sign for transparency, this right here. And that's what you did. You, With your body language, you revealed yourself to every single person in the room. And I believe the reason that you had permission, the word that you used to do that, is because the man that went before you, the, the leader of that group, revealed himself in the same way to everybody in the room because I knew driving into that event, I knew that I wasn't enough. I knew that the things that I had achieved, although they were really cool and they were really great, I knew my achievements were not going to be the reason that people shifted their mindsets. There wasn't going to be the reason that people left that event and had a new zest and a new vigor and, and tactics and and, and strategies and intentions to go home and change their business, to change their marriage, to change their family. I knew that I was going to need to be partnered with Holy Spirit. So I revealed myself to every single person in the room. And I truly believe this. When men can have enough confidence to show their scars, they're giving other men permission to heal. And I believe in that moment, 
you decided that this was a safe place because somebody went before me and revealed himself all of the ugly things, all of the shameful things. You know, the fact that, you know, I had been sexually abused when I was 12 years old and, and I had been addicted to drugs and porn. None of those things in our in our natural mind, none of those things make sense to gain influence. We feel like because the world has reconditioned us, if we want to be a leader, we need to be perfect. If we want to be a leader, we need to be strong. If we need if we want to be a leader, we're going to have have to have all the right words to say. And on that particular day, I had enough confidence in my creator, in my heavenly father, that if I reveal myself to these people, they will know who I am in, in, in its full and entirety, not the beautiful things about me, but also the ugly things about me. And also in that podcast with Ed Milet, we talked about the Super Bowl and the muscle and fitness stuff. But the thing that really spoke to you, Al, was the fact that I was willing to speak all of the ugly truth. And you were able to connect with the pain. And because of you being able to connect with the pain, that's why you said, you know what? If this dude ever puts anything together, I'm going to be there because I want to be around that. I want to know more about that. And honestly, I want to know whether or not this guy's full of crap or if he's just a really good podcast speaker. So, man, I just uh, and, and Al, and one last thing I'll say, and I'm sure you have a ton of questions, is Al had mentioned several times sowing seeds and also fruit. And in order for us to be able to, to get the type of fruit, the type of results that we want in our life, it begins with exactly what I was telling you with my son. It requires you to have an intention and a strategy, aka sowing the seeds of the fruit that you want. In order for you to sow the seeds of the fruit that you want, you have to get around people who have the fruit that you want. They have the marriage that you want. They have the business that they want. They have the, the time management skills. And that's one of the things that of all the people I've met in my life, lots of billionaires, I've hugged three presidents. Al is the most intentional, with his time, he is the most intentional person, strategic person, and consistent person with the 86,400 seconds that he has in his life. And that's something actually, you know, I, I technically I'm a mentor and a coach for Al, but that's something that every single time that we talk and we get done with our coaching session and we pray and I get off the phone, I'm consistently, every single time, I'm inspired by the way that he utilizes his time. I mean, he he coaches and mentors so many guys inside of the King's Council, and now he's started his, his own coaching program a few months ago. And just to see the change that he is supporting men and giving men permission to take in their life, and Al, I'm just going to declare it in the name of Jesus, so many men just like you are going to be magnetically attracted to wanting to be like you, wanting to learn from you, and wanting to use the same intentions and strategies like the four quarters that you use, it's changed my life, man. But the reason it's changed my life is because first off, I revealed myself, I showed my scars, and because of that, you were able to find somebody, and when we talked about alignments, and I'll stop talking, is you found somebody who values what you value, and because of that, an alignment took place. And and once you you find an alignment with men who value what you value, I believe that God will give you an assignment from within side of that alignment. And I believe one of the assignments that God has given you, and the permission that He's given you is, you know what? I can do what Steve is doing for other men, and I have permission now because. Look at what I've been able to do over the course of the last 15 months in my life. I've paid attention. I've taken notes. I've done the reps. I've achieved the fruit. And now I believe I have the template to help other men make massive, massive progress in their life. Man, bro. Again, how do you even follow that up? 
I mean, well, we're going to have a volume too. We already said it. I told Al before we got on here, we were actually pr- praying right before we hit record. And I was like, Al, I know there's so many things, bro, that you want to say. I know there's so many things that you want to teach and you want to share. Just have the confidence that we're going to do another show because me and Al could sit here and talk about so many things. Because, I mean, think about it, dude. We've been doing this for almost a year and a half now. That's that's a whole lot of phone calls. That's a whole lot of hours. And that's why Al's become literally one of my best friends on two feet because of the time that we have intentionally and strategically put into each other. You know, like, yes, we exchange videos and text messages week over week, but we've been intentional and we've been strategic for one hour and one hour every single week. Al has never missed a phone call. He's never been like, hey, man, dude, things are really crazy right now. I'm actually doing this and doing this. I'm on vacation. I'm No, because it's important to him, because he values what I value. He shows up every single week. He's got his notes. He's not like in his car, like driving. He's intentional about it. And because of that, fruit is blossoming in his life. And people all around his life are saying, man, dude, like, you are really impressive. Things have really shifted. I remember when you were in high school and you were in college and, you know, you were into this and you were into that. Man, Al, I'd actually love for you to, to share, speaking of that, the last vacation that you went on just recently, you had an opportunity to uh, to spend the entire week with somebody that you hadn't spent time with in, I don't know, probably like 10 or 15 years. He was a college buddy, right? His name's Chris Decker, and I know that he's going to listen to this, man. He's been uh, one of my ride or dies from from day one. And that may sound real easy to, to everyone or some people like, hey, you went on vacation. Cool story, bro. But for me, vacation, and there's so much you just said, man, I want to I receive that. And there's a couple of things I really want to segue back to and unpack. But to that point, for me, vacation has kind of been my white whale, meaning, yeah. dude, I've been to Same. Disney seven times and anybody that's been to disney like you can't get out of disney without five no six figures like it's ridiculous i easily over six figures invested in disney and that's not because i i i i don't want to say i don't enjoy it i absolutely do but i was chasing it i was chasing that perfect vacation because i was never available or present during that vacation because i lacked intentionality i lacked the structure and the order and i certainly lacked the commitment behind that structure and order and that's something that i had to learn and we can share about that and and what what you discussed with our my four quarter program that i pieced together but i say that to say with this vacation man one i have to give respect to my team i mean the intentionality there, um, my operations director is absolutely unequivocally the neck of my my business at Hammond Homes. So I'm, I'm blessed now to be able to involved and lead multiple businesses, but she is, she, and her name is Jill Gibson, and she is, allows me and affords me the ability to serve with my heart in passion projects such as coaching. And not that Hammond Homes isn't, but, it, but I say that to say, I took, ah, one single phone call in 17 days vacation. Now, I just told you that I'm a luxury custom home builder based out of the Midwest. And anybody that knows spring break, you can utilize deductive reasoning to know, hey, that's typically the last week of March, first week of April, which again is if there is a busy season, that's the height, the peak, the pinnacle of a busy season in my world. So why would you ever go on vacation during that time? Again, it took me 
year after year after year to be able to understand the structure and the order in place proactively to be able to do that. And this vacation afforded me the ability to be present. And man, when I say present, I mean, I'm present. I'm not thinking about, oh, I have to have this prepped for a job site or this prepped for a board meeting. No, I can literally be present. You, you shared on the parasail reel, you know, on, on Sophia on that. And I'll tell you how that came to fruition. We were sitting on the beach, again, Chris and his boys, uh, and I have an opportunity to invest, man, time with that dude. And it's been over 10 years. And to be able to reconnect through the relationship is something I'll always hold near and dear to my heart. But I say that to say, I remember sitting on the beach. Yeah, you sit on the beach and there's a boat goes by and then there's somebody parasailing on the boat or whatever. And I just happened to catch, I was looking the other way and I just happened to catch Sophia and I overheard her say, oh, I would never do that. <laughs> immediately, you know, dad mode immediately went in. I caught myself because immediately my first thought was, was like, first of all, we don't speak in absolutes. Second of all, we're not going to say never. You can do anything that you want to do. You're a Hamid. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Chill out, Tiger. Like you need to be able to meet her where she's at. So I just <clears throat> dug into that and I said, you know, why? Well, I'm so afraid. OK, so we talked about what, what are you more afraid of? Afraid of this situation or the fear of regret? The fear that you're going to have one month from now when you look back at that and you say, Dad, I could have done that. I know you could have done that. By the grace of God, we're on that boat, 830 in the morning. And that that video I shared is one of the that's one of my trophies, man. Gone are the days where it's like, hey, I got a multi six or even a seven figure deal. Now, I'm not dismissing that. I'm blessed by the grace of God to be able to continue to bring that to fruition. But that's not the trophies. I mean, I talk about trophies. Dude, I send you those text messages all the time. You, I show right. you my trophies. Like, hey, man, peep this. Check this out. Same thing with Rachel. I, that's the stuff that I want to be able to put on a fridge. So, man, I'll I'll take a step back here, man. You shared, <laughs> oh, so much goodness, man. Sown seeds reap rewards. I, I mean, I'm hearing you say that. And that that is something that I had to learn the hard way. Because I was an epitome, the definition of an ROI guy. I mean, I, man, yeah. I remember going to a physician and I sat in her office for 47 minutes, fuming. Because in my mind, I was thinking, now keep in mind, I'm here to talk to her about cortisol issues, adrenal fatigue, all the stuff that I really need her to sew into me and serve me on. And here's my dumbass talking about, listen, you wasted 47 minutes of my rah, 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 angry owl. Come on, dude, get off your gorilla, you know, just chill out a little bit. And, you know, we, we do now, by the grace of God, have a good relationship. But I say that to say she looked me dead in my eyes, like through my soul and told me, you can't will yourself anymore. You can't will yourself to where you want to be anymore. And I'd like to tell you, dude, all right, I heeded that advice. Now I looked right back and said, watch me. Dude, it wasn't six months before I was right back in her office saying, all right, let's let's talk about this. And I say that's where I needed to learn that relationships garner the results. So in my entire life, it wasn't I needed to invest in a partner or a relationship to help me go from A to Z. It was I don't need that person. I'm going to wake up earlier. I'm going to eat more. I'm going to do more push-ups, insert more here, whatever proverbial meathead BS that I was telling myself to be able to bring something to fruition. And then I learned, you've taught me, what we're talking about earlier, the power of alignment. 
So I sought the assignment. I sought the result. How do I how do I build a seven and now multi seven figure business? How do I how do I bench press four hundred five for reps with four percent body fat? Awesome, cool stories. But what does that get you? Where is your heart at with that? And I wanted to learn how to do that, man. And you gave me permission to say, look, bro, I was the same way. And once I recognized and realized at that meeting in Orlando through your scars, which you exactly said, I was looking for somebody that aligned with me, that was like-minded, like-mindsetted like me to be able to understand, look, this dude isn't perfect and he's still here. And not only he's still here, I don't give a shit about those, about a story or something that's happened with drugs or porn or womanization, man, we've all been there. And it's because of yeah. that, because that you showed your real, true, raw, and organic self that I was like, yo, I'm here. I'm real. And that yeah. was the first step in my personal development. And, and to your point, man, I, I see it. I, I watch it now. I know that there are people in my life that have known me for decades, 10, 20 plus years. I know that they watch my Instagram post or they'll see my Facebook post, you know, and it's maybe a courtesy like here or something. And they'll say, you know, who does this guy think he is? Or sometimes I'll get a DM and, and it'll be something of that nature. And then that used to frustrate me. But I, I was able to course correct my mindset and say, well, listen, first of all, what have you shown them? For 20 plus years of my life, I was proverbially angry out where I walked around and I can guarantee you that at 260 pounds, my chest was going to enter a room before my heart did. That's out of fear, out of judgment that I wasn't going to be enough or that someone was going to look at me and say, hey, who, who is this dude or, or dude or I have to continue to compete, man. And once I learned how to take my mask off and de-shield and let the real and raw organic come out, my God, doorways opened up for me, hallways opened up for me. And what I realized is that those people that I no longer aligned with, thank you, God, I don't have to be fake or fickle anymore because those people aren't in my life because they're fake and fickle. And the people that I really, really wanted to sow into my wife, my father, my mother, my brother, my children, those people understand, hey, I've already seen you. I know who you are. And now I can show up to the world is who I am, man. And I wrote down the difference between transformational and transitional. And that was something that, or excuse me, transactional. You know, I, I went in candidly. I remember talking to you about this, man, on our first call. And it was just like, in my mind, I had been conditioned like, all right, dude, coaching? Like, mentor? Come on, bro. Like Again, what is that? And in my mind, I just kept thinking, do I, do I really want to pay for for friends? Do I want to pay for somebody to talk to? And I remember saying, man, I want this to be transformational, not transactional. And then the one thing that you said is, hey, man, we can make this whatever you want to be. I was sitting on the couch, this couch right next to me. The one thing that you said to me is, man, we can do whatever you want to do. Just let me invite God into this conversation. And I was like, man, it's because you said that, that I'm going to roll with you, man. And, and, and we've been aligned ever since. And that alignment has has afforded me, dude, multitude of assignments, both as a leadership team and a coach in King's Council. Hammett Homes is, is beyond whatever I've expected it to be. Ash Holding Company is now next level. And now I'm growing and scaling to my coaching business because that's where my heart is, is to be able to teach other men that were maybe think like me or thought like me. Hey, man. Put your guard down. 
Put your shield down. Don't be afraid to show up and give someone honor. You know, and when I say honor, I don't necessarily mean like be honorable, but give someone honor, meaning so into them like, hey, brother, I see you. I appreciate you. And that allows them to de-shield and take their mask off. And those conversations, imagine the conversations when you have that you both show up and you're both real and raw in your organic selves. That's where the impact happens. That's how you live your life by design, not to fall. So I know that was real preachy, man. No, that, that, that was good. And one of the things you just said, and I remember this actually took me back to when you and I first met because you were so charged up. I remember you saying like, I'm going to sell my home building business and I'm, I'm, I'm ready to move because you were just so willing to do whatever it took to be able to feel how you wanted to feel. And when you say something like, live in the world of and i believe i i kind of pumped your brakes a little bit i'm like listen all we have to do now it will take time al but what we're going to do is we're going to take systematic steps to be able to get your because your business isn't the problem you're the problem and you receive that you're like okay well then what do i need to do what do i need to do to systematically month over month turn my business into something that i serve and 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 turn my business into a business that serves me. And you like you literally just told the story of how you went on vacation for 17 days and you were able to be so ridiculously present because if you're not present, you can't create incredible life experiences with relationships like Sophia that mean so much to you. You will cherish that video, Al. And I know you know this. You will cherish that video. That will be a video that you show on the big screen when Sophia gets married. Like without a question, without doubt that that will happen, but that never would have happened if you would have just sold your business because then you would have started another business that you would have become slave to. So I want everybody that's hearing me right now to understand that if you wanna live your best life, it's gonna require more than just intention. It's gonna require a consistent strategy to month over month to be able to mold and shape that business into something that serves you in the life that you want to live. Because when you and I are dead and gone and we stand before our creator, God is not going to say, oh my gosh, Al Hammond, you built the highest quality luxury homes that the Midwest has ever seen. Al, I just want, I want to welcome you into heaven because of the roofs that you put over people's heads. No, he's going to honor you and he's going to thank you for, for using the gifts and the talents that he put inside of you before we were born for utilizing those and multiplying those to impact his children. And that's what I believe that the journey is that you're on right now. And that's why you were able to do what you were able to do on that vacation. And Al, one of the things, I hope you don't mind me sharing this because this is real time, but as Alice is stepping into coaching and leadership, one of the things that consistently comes up in Al's identity is and this is for everybody, it's me as well, but we constantly look at what we don't have that may stop us from being what we want to be. And Al loves leadership. He's been coaching for over, I would say probably six or eight months right now, like 15, 20 different coaching calls every single week. And and now he's stepping out into his own. He's stepping out of the umbrella of King's Council. And now he's stepping into his own industry. He's got his own content. He's got his own clients. But one of the things he's noticing that he doesn't have, he's like, dude, I don't have a a big social media following. I don't have this. I don't have this website. I don't have these click funnels. And I believe it's my assignment as a brother to him to remind him all of the things that he has 
that other coaches don't have, you know, like a ridiculous level of empathy. And I believe that is the highest calling for any leader is empathetic leadership. Because if you know how, if you can tell how people feel, then it is so much easier for you to do what he did with Sophia. He stopped himself and said, wait a minute, that's the old Al. You know, like, no, we don't do this. We don't do that. No, what you were able to do in that instant, because only because you were present, is you allowed yourself to feel where she was feeling so you could meet her to where she was at so you could get her to a place that she would be proud of. One of the things that I really want to highlight, and I believe this is going to be a really tactical, practical way for people to look at their life right now and then to be able to cast the vision for the life that they want. And this is something that we coach inside of the King's Council. It's called the seven days of creation. And this is something that I brought Al through. And it starts with, you know, how how God created all of what we're experiencing right now. And it starts in Genesis, the book of the Bible. The first thing that God ever created was light. And the reason that God created light is so you and I could cast vision. So we could look at the wall and be like, I know where I'm at right now, but this is where I want to be. And so what I want to explain to you guys over the next couple of minutes are a sequence of seven steps that you can go through. And once you go through those steps, you will be able to see what it is that you want, but you also have the structure because God is a God of structure and order. And so I didn't create this. This is straight out of the Bible. But what I, I believe I've been able to do is be able to simplify it and be able to correlate it to our life right now. So in day one, God created light so you and I could cast vision. I don't think that surprises anybody. It all starts with vision. But on the second day, God created the atmosphere. And that is the day when God created the atmosphere. That's when you and I get to decide what is our attitude? Because our attitude is the thing that is going to create the culture in our home, the culture in our business, the culture in our family. So light for vision, atmosphere for attitude. And on the third day, God created the earth and the heavens, aka, what do you do right now when you stand up? You stand on the earth. God has given us structure. So once we just figure out what our vision and our attitude is, now we can create a structure for us to operate in. And on the fourth day, God created the moon, the sun, and the stars. And that's so you and I can put order to that structure. On the fifth day, that's when God created the fish and the birds. You can't really have a relationship with fish. You can't really have a relationship with birds. Some people have a relationship with birds, but I think that's just weird. All they do is repeat the same thing back to you. So that's when God is telling us, now it's time for you, once you have vision, you have culture, you have structure, you have order, now it's time for you to take action. And that's actually one of the places where I've struggled, Al. I've always been really great at casting vision. I've always you know, for the most part, had a good attitude and people like to be in the room that I am because I'm genuinely pretty happy. One of the, the, the biggest mistakes that I've made is as soon as I had the vision and the attitude, I would go straight to momentum, which that's the fifth day. So I would completely skip over structure and order. And so if you guys are listening to me right now and and this is connecting to you, if there is a place in your pursuit of the life that you want to live that's not working, go to the step before it. You know, if you're starting to take momentum and things aren't necessarily progressing for you, well, then go back and look at your order, aka look at your priorities. If your priorities are set, then go to the step before that. Well, what is the structure with which you are pursuing this goal? And so that was the first five days. So on the sixth day, that's when God created Adam and Eve. And he looked at him and he said, wow, this is beautiful. This is why I've created all of this 
for relationship. But if we don't have the first five steps before that nailed down and we go from, let's say, vision and attitude to creating relationships and we don't have structure and we don't have order and we don't have momentum, this won't work. And so I believe this template is a foolproof plan for us to live the life and create the things that we want to create because we call it the seven days of creation. And that's exactly what it is. If you want to create anything in your life, if you want to create the body of your dreams, it starts with a vision and you have to have an attitude, structure, order, and momentum to that. So in the sixth day, God created Adam and Eve so you and I can create relationships. And then lastly, and this is the place where actually Al and I at the same time, we are working on this because this is hard for men because him and I for 35 years of our life have been so focused on the results. I mean, I'm an athlete, dude. If you play a football game you, and, the, and the game is over, even if you didn't play your best, if you won the game, there are so many sins that can be forgiven because you got the W, you got the most important thing. And that's the Sabbath. That's the day, the seven days of creation where God did everything in a very specific and a very concise sequence. And then he rested. And the last little story that I want to share with you guys is something that Scott Thomas, a kingdom partner of mine inside of the King's Council shared with me. And he said, listen, guys, there were two men in the forest and they they were cutting down trees. And there was one man that was really, really motivated to cut down as many trees as he could. And so he grabbed his axe. And as soon as the day started, he was whacking, 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 whacking. And for eight hours straight, this dude never took a break. That was Al Hamid a year and a half ago. Nobody worked harder. Nobody was more consistent. Nobody was more committed. But because he wasn't using the seven days of creation, he hit type or what was it? The, the second degree of adrenal fatigue, which is something that I did too. I was actually depressed and in bed for five days in a row. And all I could do was smoke marijuana to make myself feel better because I was working so hard and I hated my life. I did not like my marriage. I did not like who I became. And so the, the, the other guy, that guy's over there and every 45 minutes, so one time every hour, this dude would sit down in a chair and he would rest. And then at the end of the day, those two men came together and they were counting up how many trees that those men had cut down. And the one guy that worked so hard and never took a break all day, he's like, man, my freaking hands are so sore. My back is so sore, but I got 50 freaking trees in one day. And then he asked the other guy, he's like, how many trees did you cut down? Because he saw that guy, it almost seemed like every time he went to, to wipe sweat off of his brow, he looked over and this guy's sitting in a chair. And he was like, how many trees did you cut down, you bum? And the guy's like, uh, one, two, two, two. I got 82. And the guy's like, what? Did you have a chainsaw that I didn't know about? And he was like, no. He said, I took a break every 45 minutes and I sat down for 15 minutes to rest. He's like, well, how did you cut down 82 trees? And he said, every time that I sat down, I sharpened my ax. And that's why I believe that the seven days of creation is a 100% guaranteed plan for creation. And it doesn't matter what you want to do in your life, but you have to honor every single one of these steps. And that's kind of the last thing that I think I, I can share. And I can't wait to volume two of this thing. Al. I love you, man. Yo, 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 man. I, I appreciate you. I love you. That's the ninja level stuff that I have been blessed to be able to align with, man. I appreciate that. I know we got to wrap this up and get out of here. Volume two forthcoming for all of you on Instagram and Facebook. I very much appreciate you guys being here.
And lastly, I'll say, man, that is the epitome. That is the definition of the tactical, practical steps of how you live in the end, how you become the best possible businessman you can be and best possible father and best possible husband and the best possible man of God you can be literally leading you the steps to live your life by design, not default. So I appreciate you guys. I love you, Steve-O. I'm happy to to have met you and be with you, brother. I, I just want to I just want to end by saying this, Al. I, I appreciate the opportunity to come on here and, and speak not my truth, but our truth. And if I could say anything to anybody out there, man, it's just continue to lean into this process. If there's anything that Al can do or I can do, follow him on Instagram. And I'm I'm saying this to all of my friends that are tuned on and on Instagram Live and Facebook. I truly believe that you are a confirmation from God and you were sent to be just that breadcrumb of me step stepping out in full faith and knowing like, I think, I think that this is what I'm supposed to do. And because of you and your boldness and your courage to be in that room and to do exactly what you did to open up your arms and reveal yourself of who you are and what you really want in life because of that boldness, that little breadcrumb of me stepping out and thinking that I was doing what God wanted me to do, you were the confirmation that I was looking for. So if you don't mind, man, I would love to just get a 30-second prayer in here and really just just seal this conversation that we've had for all of the people who have listened to it. So Heavenly Father, we thank you and we love you for this mighty man of God, Al Hamid, and the divine alignment that you have brought into my life that has confirmed so many things that I was hoping and wishing and wanting to do with my life and because of a man that you created in boldness that was so hungry and so driven for excellence in every area of his life that you have confirmed me, you and confirmed him, and you have allowed us to come together in a divine alignment to bring forth a divine assignment that is changing men's life. So we're just asking, praying, and believing that you're going to continue to bless his life, to bless his business, to bless his family, to bless the man that he is as he chases after your face. So we thank you and we love you and we just ask and, and declare in the authority of Jesus that you keep your hand on this business, that you seal the minds of the people who have listened to this show and you allow them to step out in full faith the same way that I did, the same way that Al did, even though that it's scary that you can just increase their level of faith and increase their level of boldness and courage in the mighty name of Jesus. So we thank you and we love you for giving us such a good, good father, for giving us a heavenly father that doesn't give generational courage. He doesn't give generational mindsets that are toxic. You have only given us love, grace, and forgiveness, and for that we are eternally grateful, and that is why we are here right now to sing your praise and to help love and move forward the sons and the daughters of the one most high. It's in your name we pray all of these things, Jesus Christ. Amen. Love you, brother. Appreciate you. Love you too, man. I could do this all day, brother. For real, for real. All right, guys, this is the content that we are going to uh, be producing here on The Driven Few. If you love this as much as I know you did, go ahead and give us that 55-star like and review. Share it to every single person you know. Be a homie. Bring a homie. All right. Love you, family. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of The Driven Few with Al Hamid. If you love what you heard, and I know that you did, please follow us on Apple and Spotify and leave us that 10-star review. All right, if you can't find 10, we will gladly accept that five-star review. You can also connect with me, Al Hamid, on both Instagram and Facebook. Al Hamid, H-A, M is in Mary, E is in Edward, D is in Diesel. And as always, 
Don't forget to subscribe and like.